Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast where we're talking about how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest in, and how to do it with a team and who needs to be on your team, as we call it, integrated wealth systems. And it requires quite a team to become a millionaire and put a wealth plan together. Today, I actually have one of our clients who's uh, on the rise, and you're going to be hearing more and more about her. Tanya Visayo is with me. And she's going to talk about the courage to be happy. I'm going to actually have her dig a little into the courage to set goals, which, you know, and actually acquire goals, which, you know, makes a lot of people in our community happy. And uh, again, Tanya, we have folks from all over the world. So welcome to Laurel's Real Money Talks. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Laurel. I really appreciate it. I'm excited. So tell us a little bit about your story. Let's start with uh, introducing you to our community. My name is Tanya Basalo, like you did, just introduced me. And my career started earlier, almost 20-something years ago, in advertising. I started as an art director in New York City, and I worked on multi-million dollar accounts like Samsung and Starbucks and Nabisco and AT&T Wireless. You know, like it, it was very glamorous and very fun seeing it from the outside in. But it got to a point where it was just starting to become soul-sucking for me. It just didn't align with my values anymore. And I felt like I needed something else. I think I was in search for freedom. And I felt kind of trapped in the corporate world. So my husband and I both decided to quit our jobs. He's an art director, too. He was working on other huge accounts, too, like the military and car companies, I can't remember the names of them, but we ended up both quitting our jobs in New York and we got more into the technicalities of photography and worked as photographers too. So we polished up in photography and simultaneously I was getting my life, uh, cert- my life coaching certification, which basically no one was a life coach back in the early 2000s. I feel like now everyone's a life coach and we ended up, so it, it was a little bit eclectic. My background's a little bit eclectic. And we, once we quit our jobs in New York City, we moved back to Spain, where I'm from originally. But instead of staying in Madrid, Spain, where I was born and raised, we moved to Galicia, which is the northwestern part of Spain, which I spent many summers at. And we opened up a studio. We spent, we offered all kinds of services like branding, advertising, photography, all kinds of creative services for those years that we were in Spain. And it was great. We were actually pretty productive while we were there. And then moved back to the States. We knew our time had come up and we gave it a try, see what it was like working there. Because I I left Spain. I was born and raised there. But I left in my second, third year of college. So came back to the States and... Continued with the studio with my husband, but it got to a point where we didn't want to, neither one of us wanted to run the studio. And the reason being, I think, because you have two creatives trying to run a business. I'm going to interrupt. Go Tell me what, what your expertise is. I mean, is it in the art? Is it in the life coaching? 
Yeah, thank you for asking that. It, it, it has evolved. You know, I feel like I have all these degrees, all these certifications. So where it started out when I launched The Courage to Be Happy four years ago, it started more focusing, working with women on branding and how to launch a successful brand for themselves. But it has evolved into teaching more about business and money because what I've found is that this conversation with women, because I work primarily with women, I do work with men too, but it's dear in my heart to work with women, is that a lot of women have trouble talking about money. It's such a taboo subject for us. I mean, it's a taboo subject in general, but for women even more, I think there's a lot of stigma. It's hard for us to talk about sales, about having these conversations. So I don't believe that. So I, I'll, you know me, I'm probably the boldest woman in the planet that talks about money. So Tanya, tell us, like, I know the whole life coaching thing, like you said, everybody's a coach. And, you know, in even the late 90s, you know, I got my certification in 1996. There was hardly anybody. And then 2000, there was a few. And now you're right. Everybody in every, you know, coaching just too generic. So I know you focus on the courage for happiness, but specifically talk about your income and impact than that work you do with women. Thanks for asking that, Laurel. Increase your income and impact. Uh, a lot of people come to me because they come to my events and they get to experience because what I've realized, I've come to realize in these years working with women is that a lot of them have this vision, want to start a business and they go out there and want to have an incredible impact on in the world. They want to leave a, le- a legacy with their business but it's hard for them to ask for money. They don't know how to, what are the right systems, the right strategies to build this business. So I'm a big believer that it's great to want to have an impact, but you also have to learn how to make money, you know, because the more money you make, the bigger the impact you can create, if that makes sense. I sit down with them and whether it's in a year long program or one on one, you know, and we look at where they're at with their business. Are they just starting out? You know, have they been in business for a while? Like, what are the systems and strategies that they're currently missing that they have a blind spot to right now? Because that's another thing, too. I encounter a lot of women that are wanting to just figure it out on their own. And I'm not saying that we can't figure it out on our own. I tried to figure it out on on my own when I was running the studio with my husband, but it really was like the feast and famine. One month was great and the other month was a disaster. You know, we had to pull out from savings. Like there wasn't a consistent income. But once you figure out the strategies and I sit down with them and we look at what are the best strategies for them that they need to focus on with their business. Because it's not always cookie cutter either, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, just do this or do webinars or go get on all of the social media platforms right now. You know, it's like I feel like a lot of women I encounter are like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Where are you getting all this information? Let's take a look at what you're doing, what kind of impact you're wanting to have in the community and the world at large. And from there, once we can figure out what your long term goal is we can reverse engineer, put in the systems in place, get the right support, you know, with myself and my team and get them moving forward. So they're making more money with their business and simultaneously having a bigger impact in their community and the world at large, like I'm saying. Yeah. So Tanya, what are, so in working with clients, what do you find some of the biggest 
challenges? Like, is there a theme amongst them? Like you, you know, you kind of said, you know, women don't talk about money, you know, well, I make them. So in your experience, what do you think a lot of the theme, the hold back, if you kind of generalize, is there a category that seems to be prevalent? It's a great question. One of the first things that I see that I see, and that's why I've become fascinated with the money topic is it's just taboo that women don't want to talk about it. And even for myself, when I started this several years ago, like even asking people like exact numbers, like how much is your business making? Like there's a shame in it. You know, it's like, oh, it's only making, you know, $5,000 this last year, or I lost money or I'm not, or I don't know. So there's like not wanting to have this conversation about money. That's why I love and adore you. And I am so happy that I found you because the money conversation tends to be a male-driven conversation. So that's one thing that I find a lot is the whole taboo subject. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, if I ignore it, then maybe it'll go away. The second thing, and then the women that do have the courage to have that conversation is when they start. I always feel like I have a saying that if you have courage, the universe will compensate you. You know, take that jump, take that leap, and you will be compensated for that. So then the the second part to the question is once I start working with them, one big thing is sales. A lot of women don't like asking for money. They feel like there's something bad, that there's something sleazy about the whole sales conversation. And it's so funny that I've learned about sales because I never would have considered myself someone that would be teaching about sales or about money or about business because I come from the creative side. I always consider myself the creative, you know, like not about business and sales. But what I tell these women is it's awesome that you're out there learning about your craft, whether you're a massage therapist and you keep taking courses on massage, whether you're a chef and you're taking more cooking classes or a dog trainer, one of my clients is a dog trainer and she keeps on you know, educating herself and her craft. But if you're wanting to run a business, you have to learn about business. And business is all about money exchange, exchange money for value of something that you're offering. So you're going to have to learn about money too. You know, money touches everything in our world. So whether it's with myself or with other people, go out and get yourself educated about business and about money in the same way that you do about learning your own craft. So that's the other main thing that I see them bumping into over and over when I talk to other women entrepreneurs. And so when you work with men, let's switch gears. When you work with men, what do you see as the distinction? Because I have a very balanced database. Most people think that I work with women. I have a very balanced, it's almost 52 percent men, 48 women. So, Uh you know, I just have a very, I'm going to say straight conversation across both genders. What do you find since you kind of specialize with women? What are you finding that distinctively different in the conversation with the men you work with? There's a couple different things. Men are much more decisive. Men feel much more capable. I was just working with a client this past week that she was mentioning that she's like, I feel like I need to go out and get a new certification for her VA services. And so women almost never feel 100% prepared. They could be like 99.9% qualified and feel like that 
1% that they don't have, they won't go asking for the business or they won't ask for the sale or they feel like they need to go get more prepared. Whereas men might only be 50% qualified to ask for that sale or to deliver that service, but they feel like they're 100% and they'll still take the chance and take the risk with it. So I see definitely men are much more decisive. I feel like men are much more committed to themselves and then investing in themselves. I feel like women, we're, we kind of have to find out the reasons why. And, and again, I'm generalizing, you know, this is not every single woman I've worked with and every man, but it's almost like we, in general, it, we have to find all these reasons why to invest in ourselves or to invest in our businesses. And if not, what they what the women tend to do is take on everything themselves instead of getting support within the business. Like, oh, no, I'll create my web page instead of hiring someone to do it. Oh, no, I'll record my own videos instead of hiring someone else or I'll write my copy. And, I'm, and, you, and it's cool that you can do all those things, but it's not effective. You know, you have to start learning to delegate and to grow and to trust yourself and invest in yourself for Men, I don't think, struggle with this as much. They're much more decisive and they just go ahead and do what they have to do for themselves and the business. Those are the main things that I see different between women and uh, men that I've worked with. So talk about courage. You had mentioned, you know, once someone, uh, you know, I'm going to say takes an act of courage, the universe delivers. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, the whole name of the courage to be happy It came about because when I started my life coaching in the early 2000s, one of my closest friends hired me as a life coach. And we worked together for six months, almost a year. She had tremendous results. Within the first year, she made more money in one year than she'd made in the previous year. She totally shifted careers. By the end of the year, she's like, I want to meet the man of my life. You know, I'm tired of the dating scene here in New York City. So we put a plan together for that too. That's where I'm saying that things start shifting sometimes between business and life and personal. And we put that together and she found the man of her life. And then fast forward four years later, right after their wedding, she got diagnosed with ALS. And I started coaching with her again. She was doing a hundred million things to get over this ALS, which is not good statistics. But she ended up passing away eight months later. And it really caught me off guard because it was no different than someone dying in a car accident. But what happened with this is I stopped coaching. Like I blamed myself for not being able to save her. I blamed myself for not as a coach back in the day, you know, they teach you not to just hear what the client's saying, but what they're not saying underneath. And I'm like, how did I not pick up on this? So basically, I stopped coaching for four years. And it wasn't until I launched my, my business again, I was, I was working with my own coach. And she reflected back to me. She's like, Tanya, you realize that if you want to get back into coaching and you haven't done it because you've been afraid, you know, that you're not going to be a good coach or, you know, but this is part of your purpose think about all the people that you've left behind in these last four years that you could have helped with their business, that you could have helped save their marriages, that, you know, whatever it is. And that's such an eye opening to me that it put things into perspective. I was like, I need to jump in. I am playing so small right now 
just because I'm playing safe. And that's how the courage to be happy was born. And those illustrations come from when I lost my friend, I was drawing, you know, I'd come up with therapy sessions and it was my way of releasing besides journaling, I'd draw these stick figure drawings and it's what pushed me forward. So I, it's something that I bring up to people. I'm like, whatever your dreams are, whatever it is that you're wanting to do, whatever's scaring you, but it's still part of your dream. You need to jump in. I wasted four years of my life since that happened. You learn throughout the process. It's not wasted, but life is way too short. We have to jump in and follow through with those things that, that get us excited. You know, life is meant to be enjoyed and to play full on, if it makes sense. Yeah, but don't you think, so here's what's interesting, having, you know, I've been doing this, all this called money coaching, life coaching. It's all, you know, money is part of your life. But specifically, I think there's such a focus to, you know, I remember and still when I ask people, what do they want? They can Mm -hmm. typically very quickly tell me what they don't want faster than they can tell me what they want. Don't you find that's the same? It's like sitting someone down to really focus on what do you want? What makes you happy actually is a thought process, not just a intuitive reaction. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had that so many times and I do feel to add to that, that people really don't plan their lives or don't focus on their dreams. It's almost like we give up, you know, like we go through school, we take on a job and then it's like you suddenly find yourself in your mid forties or late thirties. And you're like, is this all there is to life? You know, like, is, is this what it came down to? And it's because we don't really sit down to think about, you know, to dream, what are our goals? What are the things that we want to achieve in life? What kind of lifestyle do we want to have? People don't plan that. And I find that people plan more their vacations or their weddings than they do their own personal life. Would totally agree. So tell me about your book. And I know that you're going to give uh, folks, uh, you're going to give them a chapter or you're going to give them a copy of the whole book? Yeah, there's a workbook that I have that's called Designing My Life Workbook. It starts out with a little bit of what I talk. A lot of life coaches use this and, you know, when they're doing life coaching, but I like integrating it with other things. It's taking a look at where you're at in your life, in your career, everywhere, you know, with your finances, with your health, you know, what is it that you want to start shifting? Where are you focusing on right now that needs to start changing? And that's what the designing my life workbook is about. It says it in, you know, in the name. So they'll be able to go through it and go through the exercises, like you're saying, to give it a little bit of thought. Instead of thinking of all the things that you don't want in your life, let's start teasing a little bit the idea and the thought of what is it that you want? What do you want in every area of your life? That's awesome. And don't you find that when people journal, are you a fan of journaling? I mean, I was in the secret, so journaling and vision board and, and you know, I'm not obsessed with it, but I think it does help people create a theme when they're having a hard time with it. You encourage people to do that as well as they're going through your book, just to keep kind of a side journal. Yes. Journaling is a wonderful, I personally love it. It's a fantastic tool. I discovered, I mean, I think I've been journaling since high school, but I became more familiar with it with Julia Cameron, with the artist way. She calls it morning pages. Yes. And I've been doing this on and off since the early 90s. So it's, it's been amazing. I think journaling helps you tap into deeper parts of ourselves 
of those dreams and and even our intuition you know of like problem solving too it's like what do i want next so yeah i'm a big proponent of journaling i do love that so those of you that are out listening again you can go to ask laurel a-s-k-l-o-r-a-l asklaurel.com at any point you will have a direction right off our integrated wealth systems to our podcast to our show notes to our transcripts and uh, if you want to ask any question or make a request to talk to Tanya or any of our guests that are on our podcast, uh, myself directly, go to askworld.com, put in your name, phone number, email, ask a question, make a request, and we will be right back to you. Tanya, any uh, last words of wisdom to our uh, guests before we uh, sign off for today? Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for having me, Laurel. Thank you for listening. Anyone that's been listening to the call. And just keep on dreaming and choose courage over comfort. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on and uh, we'll look forward to hearing more from you as our time goes on together and look forward to actually coaching you and being your mentor. Those of you again out uh, listening, if you've enjoyed our podcast, pass it on to others that enjoy this conversation and need this conversation about money in their life. So we'll be back on Laurel's Real Money Talk on the next show. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Every week.